0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to WFAN's Baseball Insiders Yankees podcast for Friday, May 14th. The Yankees took two out of three against the Rays in St. Pete. Would have been nice to sweep that series. The Yankees haven't won a three-game series, swept a three-game series, I mean, at Tropicana Field since 2015. They had a chance on Thursday night, but got blown out, 9-1 loss. Sometimes those are a little bit better. You don't blow out your bullpen. Jameson Taillon uh, got, uh, knocked around again. And his ERA is almost five and a half now into the second week in May. Uh, Let's start with the good part of the series winning two out of three and winning a series against a team that they'd lost five of the first six meetings to in a building they hadn't had a whole lot of fun in. Uh, certainly, they pitched very well, and Garrett Cole's performance the other night was just tremendous, as has been almost every game he's pitched since joining the Yankees. He has given the Yankees their money's worth here in the early going, which puts you know, even more of a premium on making sure you don't waste this part of Garrett Cole. You know, you're paying him a lot of money for a long time, and certainly six, seven, eight years from now, you're going to have a lot of different results out of him. When he's pitching as well maybe as he ever has, it's important not to waste this and kind of follow through here as you're looking to become a championship team. So a lot is involved in that. But uh, we'll get to some more of that as we get going. Uh, The rest of the pitching staff has done actually pretty well for the last couple of weeks here. The Yankees just went through 14 straight games in which their starters pitched at least five innings. Okay, a little bit of a low benchmark, but uh, it's still pretty important. It means you're not getting knocked out early, blown out early. Five innings from a starting pitcher, 14 games in a row. And the Yankees went 11-3 in those 14 games. Tyone broke that streak last night when he pitched only four and two-thirds. He had 95 pitches. He struck out nine batters, so the swing and miss stuff is still there. But he got into trouble with two outs, as he has had in the past. Uh, home run ball in the third inning. Uh, Two-run single in the first. Not all the contact was hard, but some of it was. And it's just a little inconsistency with him. And I think this is – the difference – as a kind of seeing it now between Corey Kluber and Jamison Tyone, you've seen Kluber steadily improve here, and he wasn't really all that worried. His injuries weren't all that traumatic or invasive when you consider uh, what he had to go through and missing most of the last two years compared to Jamison Tyone, who was coming back from his second Tommy John surgery. Obviously a pretty big endeavor. And on top of that, he recognized that, Needing Tommy John a second time meant his delivery was flawed, and he went through rebuilding that. So while he was doing all that in a rehab process and a comeback process, now he's seeing it in real time in game action for the first time. And a handful of starts, really, is all he's had to go on over the course of the last month and change. So um, now you're seeing it in real time, real action, results that count, and I, it's just taking a little bit longer than, say, Kluber, who is uh, more of a veteran, a little bit older, a uh, little more familiar with his mechanics and his delivery, and knowing what it takes to get to this point. Kluber is, has come along very well after a couple of rough outings, and uh, he's looking more and more like the guy that uh, the Yankees hoped he'd find, uh, they would find with him. And now it's just a matter of making sure that he stays strong throughout the course of the season. Tyone, you want the same thing. You want him to stay strong throughout the year, toward the end of the year, but you need to get him into a place where he's comfortable, and it just doesn't seem that way. A little start and stop with him. As I said, on Thursday night, a lot of swing and miss stuff is still there. The nine strikeouts will attest to that, and okay, Tampa Bay's an extremely high strikeout team, Um, but you're still seeing some flashes of what he can be right there, uh, and... Maybe it's just taking longer because we kind of underestimated what he's coming back from. Um, you know, the Yankees rolled the dice on on and Tyon being a uh, a potential you know top, you know number two or three type of guy here in this rotation. Well, they're going to have to give us a little bit longer, and they will as long as he's healthy, and every indication is that he is healthy, then you're going to just kind of want to see him build to this, and I don't think there's an easy answer, I've talked to some people who are familiar with Tyone, have seen him in the past, and um, from what they're seeing, it's a fixable problem, it's a delivery issue, it's a mechanic issue, and that's just something that's going to come with more consistency, and again, just thinking about the idea that maybe we underestimated how, how much time he needs to get back to this, after having missed so much time and also having to deal with reworking his delivery uh maybe you know a couple of starts a handful of starts wasn't the ideal time frame it might take a little bit longer so we'll see as long as Garrett Cole is leading the rotation I think that um You know, the Yankees are going to feel good about avoiding long streaks. He's going to throw up a clunker here at some point. But if you're looking at what Cole's doing right now, it's just phenomenal. He's made 20 starts now as a New York Yankee. He's 12-4. and His ERA is 2.22. That's a little more than half a season. You're talking in a regular season of 162 games. Remember, last year was 60, and so far we're, um, you know, about 40 into this one. Now you're talking about... um, a guy who's probably you know started the all-star game for you with, with numbers like that. His strikeouts to walks are, inten- uh, are amazing. Uh, there are 172 strikeouts, 20 walks so far. Garrett Cole's a machine right now. And uh, he's going to keep the Yankees really uh, near the top of this race for, um, for all year. And that's what he's supposed to do. He's paid a lot of money for that. So he's delivering right now. The Yankees offensively, we've waited for them to get going. And now some injuries are getting in the way. The, uh, the entire COVID situation with the coaching staff uh, finally trickled down. on one of the players. Gleber Torres uh, was uh, placed on the COVID IL after testing positive. So he's down for uh, 10 days, although that could get knocked down based on the testing results going forward here. I'm a little foggy on that, but... Um, it does appear that it might not be the full 10 days, and he is asymptomatic. So, that is good news for uh, as far as getting him back. And making sure that, you know, he's not, you know, he doesn't need too much of a buildup again after being down. But Aaron Hicks dealing with a wrist issue. Uh, Gio Urshela, a little uncomfortable still with the knee. Luke Voigt is back off the I.L. Um, But again, bring him back along a little slowly. You know, the issues the Yankees have had, just making sure that Aaron Judge stays strong. Uh, this is part of the start and stop for the offense that you know, hasn't really taken off. And D.J. LeMahieu is part of that, too. Uh, we've seen him get you know, go through a, a short spurt where he looks like D.J. LeMahieu, but the power still hasn't taken off. And maybe that will as the weather starts to get warmer here and you're getting into the second month and maybe he starts to find that hot streak. Giancarlo Stanton cooled down a little bit, but I still think you feel good about his uh, at-bats and his results and where he is overall. He still looks confident up there. Rest of the lineup is struggling, and these guys, I don't know if there's an easy answer here. Gary Sanchez hasn't found his footing, obviously. Kyle Agashioka has gotten more playing time, but he's cooled off uh, after a hot start with the bat. Miguel Andujar is getting a chance right now. He has not uh, provided anything yet. Uh, Mike Ford is a fill-in, nothing. Clint Frazier lost. Uh, Brett Gardner hasn't done much. There are a lot of people here who just aren't doing anything, and it needs to start happening now as the Yankees try to get into position to, you know, really. Push themselves forward here. They're still trailing the Red Sox. They don't face the Red Sox until early June, and that's kind of a that'll be kind of interesting because the Red Sox, you know, they got off to a good start, and I don't know a lot of people who really felt that they were going to be a strong contender this year. But maybe we were all wrong. Uh, the The depth issues will will certainly be tested as the season goes along. But right now, uh, they're a team that. You have to take seriously because they're in first place and you're creeping up towards Memorial Day, which is one of the traditional markers. You're almost at the quarter pole here, nearing the 40-game mark and, uh, and a good measure of who a team has been over the course of the first part of the season. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But now as you get, as I said, closer to Memorial Day, there's going to be a bigger focus on, on players' results and no longer just a slow start. But then trying to improve who you are through trades, and the trade deadline is still far away. It's at the end of July, and most deals don't happen until then. But you're going to have to start focusing on this more now. The amateur draft is usually an area where a lot of uh, a lot of teams focus their attention, and it's usually the first week in June, and then um, and then teams kind of start assessing their needs at the major league level with trade possibilities. Well, that uh, the draft has been pushed back this year, and it I think it opens up a little bit more of kind of open season on trades, maybe some more possibilities in June than there used to be. So we're going to get there really fast, and teams are going to have to start to decide how much they can afford, how much longer they can afford to run with guys who are off to slow starts or underperforming and uh, and figure out how best to serve their needs. Offensively, it's a struggle all over the league, and that is certainly a topic of discussion, but the Yankees have a lot of people really in the bottom half of that order every night who are under 200 and trying to figure out how to get some consistency there and push themselves forward, as I said, in a year when Garrett Cole is pitching like he is, and you have a bullpen that's performing like it is with guys like Aroldis Chapman and Jonathan Loaisiga and Chad Green and guys who are really set up for this. Zach Britton will be coming back soon. You need to start figuring out how best to move forward and get a little bit more consistency out of that lineup on an everyday basis. Uh, I want to make sure you go back if you've subscribed here. Hopefully you've heard it. Um, but if not, make sure you go back. Our last episode... Uh, on this WFA and Baseball Insiders was a conversation with Julio Mascaro, who is the manager of the AA Somerset Patriots. And I talked to him very briefly about the hot start that Esteban Florial got off to um, for AA. Really, his first stop at AA uh, between uh, a lot of start and stops with injuries, he hadn't progressed above A ball, still one of the Yankees' top prospects, but now he's 23 uh, and had himself a good spring and got off to a really hot start in the first week at AA Somerset. Now, he has since cooled off. First three games this week, I think he only has one hit, took a couple of offers, so the overall numbers have come crawling back down a little bit. Uh, but uh, I think it's still kind of enlightening to hear what Julio Mascara had to say about where Florial is mentally and physically and how he feels um, you know, kind of getting off to a good start this season. So please go back and, uh, and listen to that one. You'll also want to check out the 30 with Murdy podcast, uh, which you'll also find on Odyssey and Apple Podcasts and wherever you find all these podcasts. Uh, my recent conversation is with Chris Chambliss, the former Yankee and the former Yankee hitting coach, owns six World Series rings with the Yankees, two as a player, four as a coach. He was the hitting coach for the 1996-2000 Dynasty New York Yankees. And with so much focus on uh, hitting style, hitting approach, what hitting coaches are doing now and what do they do when hitters slump. Um, what's their job, what's their responsibility when a hitter is struggling, how do they what, How much responsibility do they take in what a hitter is going through and how to get them out of it. That's all part of a conversation I had with Chris Chambliss, who's spent a lifetime uh, first being a, a really, really good hitter in the big leagues and then being a very successful hitting coach in the big leagues. And uh, that's some of the things that we discussed. So go to the 30 with Murdy podcast, and you can uh, listen to that conversation with Chris Chambliss. So the Yankees now will head to Baltimore. The road trip continues. They have three games in Baltimore, four next week in Texas. And I want to remind you to subscribe to WFAN's Baseball Insiders. You'll get Ed Coleman's Mets reports and my Yankees reports delivered to you twice every week. I want to thank you all for listening. I'm Sweeney Murdy. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?